Welcome to Resource on the Go, a podcast from the National Sexual Violence Resource Center on understanding, responding to, and preventing sexual abuse and assault. My name is Louis Marvin, and I'm the training specialist at the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. This podcast is part of our Male Survivor series. Today, Emiliano Diaz de Leon is back to join me for a conversation on the Texas Men's Story Project and lessons learned for supporting male survivors in this way. Emiliano is the Men's Engagement Specialist at TASA, the Texas Association Against Sexual Assault. Welcome back to the podcast, Emiliano. Last time you were here, we talked about your work training and supporting advocates in Texas so that they can provide great victim advocacy to male sexual assault survivors. And today we're talking about the Texas Men's Story Project. So tell us about what that is and why you and Tasa collaborated with the Men's Story Project. Well, thank you so much for, for having me uh, again for this podcast. Um, so the, the Texas Men's Story Project was a statewide collaboration between TASA, the Texas Association Against Sexual Assault, uh, and the Men's Story Project, which is a, an international um, project that, that works on engaging men around issues of masculinity, primarily through the act of storytelling. Um, and so the Texas Men's Story Project was an, was an online violence a prevention initiative where we invited anyone who identified with masculinity in any way to share their story related to, to masculinity, to manhood. Uh, we received story submissions from a diverse group of men from around Texas. And ultimately we chose 12 stories that were shared over four virtual events held in September of last year. And these stories were recorded and will be shared as awareness and educational tools in the spring. And so it was a really unique model that ultimately uh, happened as a result of COVID. Um, and we had the funding uh, to partner uh, and to collaborate uh, with the Men's Story Project, which is a really unique initiative. Like I said, it's an international project. Uh, they have done more than 30 of these productions uh, with men. And um, we were really fortunate to, to to collaborate with them on this really unique Texas-based statewide project uh, that was done completely virtually. And uh, that was really unique to their model. Um, and so men from around the state, these 12, these 12 male identified folks uh, participated in this project. It was really intended to, do, to, uh, to be a prevention initiative. It is a prevention initiative at the core, but it really, um, in the process, uh, we, we were able to talk about uh, all types of stories that the, the, the men, the, the what we call presenters, uh, brought to the project. And so uh, a number of those were from um, male survivors of sexual violence and sexual abuse. So we were really, um, we were thrilled just for the, the outpouring of interest uh, from male identified folks um, that wanted to be a part of this project because it was so unique um, and so different from anything that they had done before. And so 
we are super excited about sharing these stories, which are so unique uh, with, with our fellow Texans and with the world. Uh, because, you know, the, the Men's Story Project has um, an international presence and, and they've done work all around the world uh, with different groups uh, of, of men. And so this was a really unique uh, project that we were able to, to collaborate with them on. In, in our work at NSVRC, when we're thinking about male survivors, one of the things that comes up is that male survivors and their loved ones often don't think of sexual assault centers as places that they can go for services. So is that something that you were thinking about in creating this project? And have you seen the Texas Men's Stories Pro- Story Project be used to help shape that perception in Texas? Yes. You know, I think at the core, we wanted to create a tool that rape crisis centers could use to engage boys and men in their local community and conversations about survivorship, fatherhood, mental health, sexuality, masculinity, et cetera. So, you know, I think the, the, the stories are, are really unique in that way that they are tools that, that rape crisis centers can to add to their toolbox. Um, and what's so powerful is that a number of those stories were from, from, from male survivors. Most of, you know, uh, as I talked earlier, a lot of, a lot of times when we begin to, to organize and to work with, with male identified folks uh, in the process, we learn that we've all experienced some form of violence or abuse and that we are all in some way male survivors uh, of some form of violence, usually at the hands uh, of other boys and men. Um, and so that was sort of like, that was something that, that we heard throughout the project um, and even in the stories so it, you know, I, I can't say that there, you know, three of the the twelve that are just that are exclusively about male survivors, because in essence, all the stories have elements of uh, violence or abuse that 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 these male identified folks have experienced in their lifetimes, um, and we're talking about a really diverse group of, of male identified folks from different parts of the state. Um, and so we're really excited about sharing that tool with rape crisis centers so that they can use to engage in these really hard conversations about about these issues, right? Especially about survivorship uh, and as it relates to masculinity. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these individuals, this was the first time that they had shared their stories, right? Whatever that story was, is the first time that they had told anyone, and they decided to uh, use our virtual. Um, our virtual stage, if you think about, because this was all done virtually. Um, and and the, the Men's Stories Project has primarily done these in, in communities, in local communities, universities, other institutions, where they're actually working physically with groups of, of male-identified work, uh, male-identified folks uh, to develop these stories and these productions. So this, this was all done virtually, and uh, these individuals you know, shared this story for the first time, and it was really powerful. Um, I want to share uh, a quote from one of our audience members of one of the live productions. Um, uh, they said, words can't explain it. It was so powerful and courageous. These presenters are so brave. 
I hope more men see this and realize it's okay to be vulnerable. I think a big takeaway is there's no single definition of what it means to be a man. All of the men presenting have different stories and backgrounds, and I believe they are more of they are more of men for being able to be vulnerable enough to share their stories and healing. I appreciated the bravery and courage it took to share the pain the presenters went through and how they are healing beautifully. Even if they are not fully healed, this is out of anyone's control currently, but I would love to see this live. More stories. I know two hours seems like a long time, but I was so captivated by all the presenters. I wanted to hear more. And so we kept on, you know, we received uh, this kind of feedback from, from our audience uh, of the four live productions and um, from the presenters themselves, from these 12 male identified folks um, who participated in this project, the, the profound impact that this storytelling uh, model had on them um, and, and their healing. And uh, I think that's what's, what's so profound. Um, while the stories have not been shared publicly yet, uh, with, outside of the folks who attended the live productions, um, those four live productions had live audiences. And so they're the only ones that have seen these stories. And so we are very excited uh, to be sharing the stories, hopefully this spring, uh, with the public. And uh, I'm confident uh, that they will have the same impact that they had on the live audience, will have on people who watch it for the first time. Um, and these stories can be shared, you know, uh, with people here in Texas and outside of Texas. And, and I'm excited to hear how rape crisis scenarios around the country and around the world uh, use these stories to engage in these uh, these conversations around masculinity, around survivorship, around fatherhood, around mental health, around sexuality, um, all of the 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 really and, and, and just from a diverse group of of male identified folks in terms of age, race, uh, sexual uh, sexual orientation, uh, identity, um, you know, so so it's it's just a an amazing collection of individuals and stories. And, and I'm really honored to be right now, sort of the, you know, the bowl that we're holding these stories in, you know what I mean? And um, I'm so excited to see how rape crisis centers use them um, and the kind of impact that they, they have on, on people, on, on, on people in their, in their work. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a very exciting project. Uh, while the the men's story project has been around for more than a decade, and and uh, I would encourage folks that are listening to to uh, to check out their website and to follow them on social media to learn more about their 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 project and their work. Um, I think this this project is really unique uh, to Texas. Right. This was a this was a Texas based statewide project um, that was limited in scope in terms of the time that it took to organize this of these these productions. Uh, we began doing the organizing work of June of last year and the productions were in September of last year. And so in that time, we, we solicited the stories we uh did workshops with the individual presenters um, as a group. Um, they worked on their they, they worked on developing their stories with uh, 
Dr. Josie Lerher uh, of the, the Men's Story Project and with other, uh, with other facilitators uh, with each other. Um, you know, so uh, I, I, I won't speak to any of that work because I think ultimately that's the work of the Texas Men, uh, the, the Men's Story Project and the work that they do in the curriculum, the training, you know, the, the curriculum that they've developed for this initiative. So if folks are interested in learning more about uh, this model and, and how to apply it in their community, I would definitely reach out to them. But I think I will speak from, from, from our experience that this was profoundly unique. It, this, this was uh, after decades of working, of organizing men, um, of trying to bring uh, the stories of male survivors forward. This was the, the most unique, um, incredibly healing uh, experience that I've had uh, with male identified folks, to be honest. Um, and so I, you know, I was, I participated in this project as well, even though I didn't share my story in the same way they did. Um, uh, this was profoundly, uh, this was a profound experience for me and for everyone involved uh, at TASA uh, on this project. Thanks for sharing all about how that project came together and what it meant. And thanks especially for that, that quote, you know, in this project, thinking about what we want to say um, and what we're hearing from advocates working with male survivors, we know that one of the biggest barriers that male survivors have in, in seeking services um, around healing is just the social the socialization that says don't be vulnerable men aren't victims to be vulnerable is to be weak and that's bad so hearing that um, feedback from the person who participated identifying that that vulnerability was special and profound and important um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it would be because that's not something that we're used to seeing and hearing. So what a gift from these storytellers to put that out into the world and hopefully to, to show that it is good and strong and healing or, or can be those things to be, to be vulnerable when, when one wants to be. What were some of the themes that emerged across the stories that the men told? besides vulnerability, or maybe say more about that if you'd like to. And were any of those themes surprising to you? So what's so amazing about this project is that we have 12, like I said, unique stories. Uh, they're, 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 they're not the same at all. Uh, some are, some are uh, songs, some are prose, some are poetry, spoken word pieces, uh, some are dance, um, you know, some are monologues. Uh, that's what's so wonderful and unique about uh, the Men's Story Project is that it, it, it gives presenters, especially that don't have any background in the arts and storytelling. Um, and that's what we, we really were looking for through the process of soliciting um, stories for stories for male identified folks. That was really the only requirement is that you identified with, with masculinity in some way and that you had a story to share, right? And we were really looking for stories that were somehow related to masculinity, um, including survivorship with, a, with an emphasis on really uh, encouraging 
uh, male survivors to share their story. And like I said, a lot of them shared that story for the first time. They had not disclosed that abuse to anyone. Um, one particular uh, presenter, uh, Pedro, had never shared his story uh, of abuse with anyone, coworkers, family members, friends. And so this was, this was huge for him to be able to disclose his story and, and aspects of his personal life that he's kept very private. Um, and so Pedro's story is so, it, you know, I cannot wait to share his story with the world because it is so powerful, it's so moving um, in ways that we don't even know, right? Like, you know what I mean? So, so I think that's what's, you know, I, I think that's what's so profound for me about this project. Um, some of the themes that I saw, and I'll speak for myself, um, is that were the issue of vulnerability, um, empathy, love, acceptance, and healing, right? These are all words that we don't associate with masculinity, right? But these were themes throughout, uh, throughout the stories. Um, that's why I think this is such a, this was such a beautiful project because when we think about Texas, we think about, especially Texas men, we think about these rugged individuals that, you know, these cowboy types and, uh, and so we don't we don't associate these themes with men here in Texas, right? That's just sort of like the folklore that we have about Texas, about Texans and about Texan men in particular. And so we wanted to uh, create a counter narrative to that, those ideas about masculinity uh, here in Texas. And you know, everything surprised me. This whole project is a surprise. Just talking about it surprises me today. You know what I mean? Like um, everything surprised me. The 12 men surprised me. Uh, the bonds that were formed between the presenters surprised me. The, the bonds between the presenters and the facilitators surprised me. The bond between the presenters and the audience surprised me. I mean, it was the feedback from the live audience surprised me. The stories themselves surprised me. I mean, I, you know, what's so exciting about the rollout in the spring, the spring is that I get to relive all of that over again. You know, those stories, I get to relive them and I get to share them. Like I said, we get to share them with the world. Um, and those, those, uh, those presenters get to share them with their family and their friends that didn't attend the live production. Right. Like we were very fortunate. We had an amazing turnout of individuals from around Texas and around the country, even around the world that tuned into the live, the four live productions that we held. So six presenters and six presenters. So we they presented, uh, they, they actually presented twice on different dates and times. And in addition to that, we were able to provide, uh, ASL interpretation as well as Spanish language interpretation during the live events. So that was that type of accessibility was really important for us here in Texas in terms of uh, making sure that everyone could access these productions, right? Um, and so we're, we're we're very proud of that that we were able to do that. And uh, um, 
we're very fortunate that we have the resources to be able to. And so um, this whole project surprised me. It still surprises me. I, I am. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the, again, for me, it's the. Uh, that, it's, it's that I'm, I'm struggling finding the words to describe it, right? Like, because you have to. Uh, sort of build up right like this is really great because you know in essence you everyone who will see these stories will experience them yeah yeah i'm excited to see them when they come out in spring 2021 and i think yeah i think you're getting across that it was this special thing that is in part special because of the folks involved in it but also because of the rarity of the ability for um, for men to to be vulnerable and to show a side of masculinity that isn't necessarily always seen publicly, to connect that to survivorship, to connect that to male survivors and reaching them. Um, so yeah, I think I think you used a lot of great words to to let us know what it's all about, and I, I know that folks who are listening are are going to be excited to see it. Yeah, I'm anxious and excited about 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 sharing them. So, um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about these stories. Um, and, and I look forward to, to hearing, uh, how it impacts these the new audiences, right? Um, how folks use it, um, to engage, uh, with male identified folks in their communities, right? Because I, I really think that the, the stories will encourage can encourage men to come forward that have experienced um, issues around mental health or who have questions around their sexuality or who uh, who are new to fatherhood or you know there's an amazing story uh, from from Bradford about raising a trans boy right and, and about fatherhood and about love and acceptance of their son coming into their masculinity, right? It's such a beautiful story, right? Um, knowing as part of that story about the the, the bullying and um, that their son experienced as they're transitioning um, into manhood, so you know, it's just a that's just an, one example of. Uh, you know, of the kind of stories that, that, uh, that were shared with us. Um, and again, all of these things are all rooted in, in our experiences, uh, in the trauma that we carry from violence and abuse, from oppression. Um, and, and I, and I, and I hope that, that folks who have experienced that sort of trauma, right, that identify with, with a storyteller, uh, will be moved like I was, like the audience was, like they were themselves and, and really, you know, reach out for support and begin that, that healing journey, right? That for some of these presenters is they're just getting started. Like this was the first, this was the first thing for them. Like they had not been to therapy. They had never, they didn't hear about this project through their rape crisis center. They heard about this project online through a friend, um, through a loved one who encouraged them to 
submit their story that knew they had a story. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, you know, the ripple effect of this will be, will, is, is going to be really profound. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be, to be a part of it. Great. And I know we touched on the fact that, of course, this is a Texas-based program. And since you're a state-based, you do state-based work in Texas, um, you obviously had Texas in mind when you created the program and formed this partnership with the Men's Story Project. But also, of course, that advocates who are listening and who are outside of Texas can also use this model and also even use the videos that you've created. So how do you think advocates in any community might use these stories or this model to help reach male survivors? And I'll, I'll maybe answer my question first, because you just said something about about reaching people online. And in our last conversation, we talked about the importance of having an online presence as one manner of reaching male survivors, thinking that might be a place where somebody might, who maybe isn't comfortable um, talking about their experiences of survivorship might be able to reach out as, as a first step. So it strikes me that that's, that's definitely one thing that advocates can do is to, to share videos and, and things like that on social media. But what, what are your other hopes for how, how you think advocates in, in any community, even outside of Texas, might use these stories and this model to reach male survivors? Yeah, for, for folks that are <clears throat> that for folks that are interested, I, I really believe that this is the, yes. Um, there's so much possibility here that this 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 type of virtual model is replicable, right? Um, and as a result of 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 COVID, of the pandemic, and and our uh, our practice of social distancing and our inability to organize and to be with male identified folks in person, right? That, that would have been, that is really, the model is really based on, again, developing relationships with each other in person, right? Like this was the first time that, that something like this had happened at a statewide level, right? So you're talking about while, while you would have maybe a campus-based uh, production. This was a statewide production because the, the participants were participating from all over the state, uh, and we never got together in person to celebrate or to be with each other. Right? We were only with each other virtually. Uh, we're still with each other virtually, right? Online, and um, but this this whole this whole virtual model is replicable, right? Like. I think the, the the men's story project learned a lot of really important lessons from 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 the experience with us. Uh, we learned a lot about organizing men online, um, as well as in terms of outreach and and how to engage the broader community, right? This a statewide audience, really, um, in 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 these themes, right, around masculinity, around survivorship, um, that were so critical to the success of this project. Um, like I said, the Men's Story Project has conducted over 30 productions around the world. So uh, the founder and director, uh, Dr. Joseph Lerner, is uh, an expert uh, in the air and developed this entire model. Um, and there's a fantastic training guide. Uh, there are modules that they provide. There's training that they provide to facilitators of this type of these types, this this particular project, um, 
And we were fortunate to collaborate with them fully on this project in terms of developing uh, content for the workshops, the, 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 solicit, the solicitation for the stories, um, you know, facilitating these discussions online. So we had six uh, virtual workshops that we conducted and then they did story coaching with the, with the, the presenters one-on-one um, -on -one outside of the virtual workshops it, during the virtual workshops. That I, that that we were not that I wasn't directly involved with, right? Because my my role was to organize and and to facilitate the conversations around masculinity and to explore a series of topics over the over the six weeks that we met with the the presenters, right? Um, but there there's a model that they've developed, but. Making that model Texas-based and like online, I think, is was unique to to our experience. Um, you, know, as a result of this project, uh, Men Healing is a is a organization that works nationally with male survivors of childhood sexual abuse, and um, they are currently collaborating with the the, the, the Men's Story Project on a on a production that is exclusively. Uh, with male survivors uh, of childhood sexual abuse, um, so they they came they came to that collaboration through our project, right? Like they were able to to uh, be a part and to witness our, the stories and, and to hear the stories, especially from the male survivors. One of our one of our presenters, uh, his name is Michael Gwynn. He's a, a internationally known spoken word artist and shared his story of survivorship of childhood sexual abuse uh, through a spoken word piece that is just amazing. It's so, it's so moving as a, you know, an older black man who has this experience, who is an activist, uh, an educator, uh, a social worker, an organizer, uh, he's an actor himself. Uh, such a powerful story, right? To be to 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 think of the 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 African American boys and men who are going to see this man be vulnerable and share his story like that. The profound impact that that's going to have on 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 that community. Uh, as well as other communities of men, like to be able to identify, like I know and I believe in my soul that the that regardless of who you are, you're going to be able to identify in some way with each of the with each one of the presenters and the stories, the story that they tell. And I think that ultimately that's the part that will ripple across relationships. Um, is that uh, my hope is that folks will watch those stories together, that they will screen them in classrooms, that they they will screen them in in, in churches and temples and um, you know at uh, union halls. I mean, just like the the and, and have a uh, hard discussion about the the themes that are that are there, right? Um, with any audience. So there's there's something for fathers. There's something for uh, you know, for trans men, right? Like there's, there's, there's something for everybody in these 12 stories. And I think that's what's 
so unique. You can't like, you can't recreate that. Right. Like this is like, it's, it's sort of like for, at least for me, I will speak for myself and for our experience with this project. It was like holding magic or something in your hand. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you want it back. It's, it, it really is a, it is an experience. And I hope that people have that by tuning in, by using the stories. Um, these stories will be available um, on TASA and the Men's Story Project's YouTube channels in the spring uh, and will be available to the public to use, right? In any way that they want to raise awareness and engage in deeper conversations about, like I said, survivorship, masculinity, fatherhood, sexuality, mental health, et cetera. I think there, there, there's a lot of opportunities for folks to create curriculum around the stories uh, to create activities around the stories, to create discussion guides around the stories. Like, um, you know, we, we, we are creating, you know, um, the, these tools that folks can use, like what they do with them um, is really up to them in terms of thinking about what's going to be most effective. Like you said earlier, we hope that folks will share these stories on social media and they're short enough uh, to share uh, to share on their own or to share together, right? To share, to, sh to literally present the entire production to, to share all 12 stories um, or to share them, you know, uh, on their own. Um, like I said, in the classroom, online, on social media, uh, we hope that folks will be really uh, creative in terms of how they use them. And we're going to be exploring that deeper at our virtual state conference. And so for, for, for folks who are really, you know, when the, when we, when we roll these out in the spring, if folks are interested in learning how they can use these tools, uh, we encourage them to join us for that workshop that I'll be facilitating uh, on this topic. And um, we're excited to see how our local rape crisis centers use this material and, and the impact that it has on on folks in their in their in their community, and and ultimately uh, continue the conversation that we've been trying to have with with male identified folks around masculinity here in Texas over the last 13 years, right? So this is this is this is uh, you know I've been fortunate to uh, lead and facilitate uh, this work here in Texas to organize this work, but there's this work has been happening. Um, longer than, than I've been around, you know what I mean? The, the women um, have been doing this work with boys and men around masculinity much longer than I have. So I think, I, I think we have to acknowledge our history and our past. And, and, and this is just one, like I said, one tool in your toolbox. Uh, it is not the, it is not the um, only thing, right? Um, but, but we really believe that it will, um, it will reach people in a very unique way. Uh, that only storytelling can. Um, and we encourage folks to continue to share their stories, whether they participate in this project or not. Uh, we hope that that the, the presenters, the, the 12 male identified folks will, will continue to share their story. Um, and we're excited to, uh, we're, we're hoping that more male identified folks will come, come forward with their stories. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see more men taking, um, you know, deciding to, to begin the, the, the healing journey um, that these 12 presenters are on, um, that I'm on, you know, 
Um, so, so I, I think that's ultimately, um, you know, the was the intent of this project. Thank you, Emiliano. It sounds like it was a great partnership. It was a great opportunity for the men involved, for TASA, for your centers, for advocates beyond Texas to to learn from and even use. Thanks for giving all those great examples of how listeners might use this example and also the actual um, content that you're that you're going to put out into the world this spring. We will make sure to uh, link our listeners to the places that you mentioned, Tasa's website and YouTube channel, and so forth on, on our site, on our male survivor materials. So thanks again for joining us today. We invite listeners to learn more about working with male survivors by checking out the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Resource on the Go. For more resources and information about understanding, responding to, and preventing sexual assault, visit our website at www.nsvrc.org. You can also get in touch with us by emailing resources at nsvrc.org.